The reading can be found on page 1219. It's taken from 1 Peter chapter 3, and it's one verse only. Verse 15. But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. This is the word of the Lord. It's a good one verse to have. Uh, So if you're able, please do stand for our gospel reading. The gospel reading is... Matthew 28, verses 16 to the end, 16 to 20. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make me disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the Gospel of the Lord. So, Beth, let me come and invite you uh, to speak to us. Is it okay if I pray for you? As you? So, loving God, again, we thank you for Beth, and we ask for your uh, power and authority to rest on her as she uh, offers her heart this morning. Uh, and may all that you have for us to hear uh, rest and be sealed in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I'm on, and the wind is like inviting me to begin speaking. Um, Really great to be here, thank you for just being so welcoming. I was saying to Jodie earlier when I came in just how beautiful this building is, how I love walking into it every time, Um, but then so great to find out that actually it's not just a beautiful building, but actually there's a lot of beautiful things going on inside of it with pancake flipping and feeding the homeless and all kinds of life-giving things. So, yeah, just really great to get a little window into your particular part of God's family, which is really special. Um, So I don't know how much you know about regeneration. Um, I do know that you give really really generously to us, which we so appreciate because we couldn't do what we do without communities like you that are supporting us um, prayerfully, financially, in lots of kinds of ways. Um, But I thought I'd just kind of start from scratch and just explain a bit about regeneration, um, because sometimes you hear sound bites and it's hard to kind of piece together exactly what an organisation does. So so we used to be called Harrow Churches Schools Link, uh, which is a bit of a mouthful, but it does maybe explain a little bit more of what we are. Um, So we've gone for the snappy name now of regeneration, which is a little bit easier. Um, Let's hope that this works. Is it working? Not currently working. It was earlier. (laughs) I can begin speaking anyway. Um, So we were set up in uh, 1984 um, by a group of people in the area. Oh, amazing. 
um, who just felt that uh, there needed to be more of a link between churches and schools in the area, that there's all these children coming through schools and so many of them not hearing about the love of Christ for them. Um, So they grouped together and uh, set up the charity. Um, So that means we've been running for 36 years now, so we're going strong. There's been lots of different people, obviously, that have carried the baton for periods of time. Um, I myself have been here for two and a half years. Uh, So we we have around 20 volunteers-ish that give their time either weekly uh, to help run our weekly clubs, um, some kind of termly, if they're helping with road shows that happen termly, um, or annually for the odd project here or there, maybe a press-based workshop or whatever. Financially, we're supported by about 20 local churches um, and some individuals as well who help to keep us going, and the Wheel Trust, um, which is also a Harrow-based a charitable organisation that's really passionate about the gospel um, being shared in Harrow with young people. So that's that's us. You might be able to recognise a face in that photo that you know. Um, that was taken last year, just before a roadshow. Um, and you can see um, a very bright blonde member of our team there that's one of our puppets that also helps with the roadshows. Um, so, who makes up the team? Well, obviously volunteers. Jodie's been one of those. Um, but in terms of our core team, so we have trustees from lots of different denominations and backgrounds. Um, Bob is the tallest one there. He's the head of trustees and leads us with a lot of vision and enthusiasm, which is really great. And then you've got myself um, there and Rebecca on uh, the far right. Uh, so she's our full-time worker. She just started in September, and she's doing an incredible job. I've watched her absorb so much in the space of just a few months and really lead it forward. And then there's me as well. I'm the part-time worker for Regen. So what we do, that's probably a helpful question to answer. Um, so this is a bit of a list of some of the things that we do. So regularly we go into schools to do assemblies, Um, And that's a really, really great opportunity because you've got the whole of the school in front of you. And uh, depending on what the school's policy is, we get to share um, quite boldly about the gospel. So one of the schools that we go into the most is Aylwood. And thankfully, the head teacher there, Mr. Westall, is Christian. So he says, go for it. Share from the Bible. And we get to draw from stories from scripture Um, We're quite well known there, which is really, really lovely. Um, So we have our roadshows, and these are another way of just being able to share um, and really unpack and explain um, to children what they perhaps don't know about Christmas or about Easter. Um, They may just think it's all about Father Christmas and presents and stuff, but we get to go in and take over their assembly slot with a really fun kind of show that just um, actually brings it back to the true meaning, and we get to explain that to them. And it's been really quite eye-opening for me that at times I've been in an Easter road show uh, unpacking the little play that we've just done, and I've got children gasping as I say Jesus dies because they just don't know and then the amazement as I say he's he comes back to life again 
Um, so that just kind of goes to show just how, you know, how times have changed over the last kind of couple of decades. Um, it's not actually normal for children to just know the gospel message, which maybe it was, you know, a time ago. So uh, Easter experience actually is something that's not on the list. This is a workshop that we go in and do in a, in a number of schools where we break down the Easter story into interactive stations where they can experience it. And again, you get the kind of, oh no, he, he dies. Like, that's, that's terrible. How, like the hero of the story dies and then the wonder in their eyes as you tell him, well, actually, he came back to life and there's a reason. Um, Prayer, oh, uh, lunch and after school clubs. So this is probably what I spend most of my time doing. So we run weekly. We're in five different schools a week running different clubs. Um, most of them we're able to uh, share from the Bible. So we do fun games. Uh, we do all kinds of creative things. We're kind of given quite a free reign, which is really quite amazing. And I, I still am in wonder at how we get a, such a collection of children that are not from Christian homes. Um, but their, their parents, for some reason, see the word regeneration and think, oh, yes, I'll sign my child up for that club. And they come to us week after week, and um, we get to share from the Bible. There was a, a number of weeks ago when um, I was sitting at a table, had a, a child on my right that's from a Muslim family, um, a number of others dotted around, some from completely unchurched backgrounds. And the story that we were doing that particular day just led me to be able to go into, now if you want to, you can receive what I've been talking about and getting them all to shut their eyes and leading them through the prayer that they can just pray in their heart to give their lives to Jesus. Um, and then just saying, you know, if you prayed that prayer, just come and let us know. And a number of children came and whispered into my ear or whispered into Rebecca's ear um, that, that they'd said that prayer in their heart. So, uh, yeah, so some amazing opportunities. Um, there's one particular club that's a little bit different to the others. Uh, that is um, at Belmont. Uh, but I'll go back to that in a little while because I feel like um, actually that's something that's, that is really specific to this church because you live just up the road from it. So I'm really encouraged by what's going on at that particular school. So I'll come back to that one. Um, prayer spaces. Uh, so prayer spaces are a workshop that we run for about a week. And we set up the room with different prayer activities. And the children move around the room. They spend about an hour in there just moving around and quietly having time to just engage with God just one-on-one. -on -one. And we encourage them, leave, leave your friends behind, go into the room and um, just have a dialogue with, with God and see what he says. Um, this is one of my favorite things because uh, I really believe in a God who loves to come and meet his children and is so present. Um, and I also really believe in children's ability to engage with a God that is really present and is in the here and now. So often as adults, we get busy, don't we? we um, we're too busy thinking two steps ahead. Uh, we're too busy trying to be sensible or reasonable. But children are completely unreasonable sometimes. And actually, um, becoming like a child 
as Jesus said, is a key to inheriting the kingdom, to understanding the kingdom. And time after time, we have children just um, without any of our, our kind of religious language that we can sometimes find ourselves falling into, just coming and explaining that, um, that just a revelation that they've understood about the nature of God as they've moved around the room. Um, there was one at Belmont School uh, in November, I think we were there. Uh, one little girl was just, I, we could tell by the things she was writing on the bits of paper in the room that she had a real relationship with Jesus. So I came over to her and said, you know him, don't you? She says, yes, I do. And I love him very much. And I had a little chat with her. And then a little while later, uh, one of the volunteers pointed out that she'd gone in with a friend to one of the um, areas that we'd set up. And that she was just kind of sitting with a friend and was just helping them. So I just kind of went over, you know, a bit curious. And I watched as she got her friend to look in the mirror And as she started to point out the words that were written around the mirror about the truths of how God has made her, that she's created by design, that she's beautifully and wonderfully made, that she has worth and value. And as her friend, I watched as her friend's guard just started to come down where to start with, she wouldn't even look. And she'd talk about the picture of a puppy or what you know whatever was kind of missing the point and then after a while actually letting her guard down and letting the truth sink in and this little girl was knowing at a young age that um that her friends need to hear this truth and that it's it's the hope for them so uh how encouraging is that um it's not just us that are going into schools but actually god is moving amongst us he's moving in this community there's young people in this generation that already understand that God is everything that he's where we find our worth and they're starting to minister to their friends Um, so year six transition workshops that's another thing that we do um, in the summer just to help year sixes transition to year seven and some RE lessons we're not doing a lot of them at the moment but they're on our remit and we offer them to schools so uh, that's a little bit about us. Let's see what's next. Okay, so upcoming events. Um, you're really welcome to join us for our prayer meetings. Um, they're always put up on our website. Uh, I've got some flyers at the back, actually, that's got our website on. So you can go and have a little look there if you want to know up-and-coming events. Um, so do come and join us if you want to on the 10th of March at St. Peter's. We'll be meeting at about quarter to eight for an eight o'clock start. Sorry, I didn't write that up there. Um, a couple of assemblies, if you could keep us in your prayers. Uh, we've got some assemblies coming up at Aylwood. Uh The Big Vitality Half Marathon. So this is our fundraiser for this year and our amazing trustee, Inika is um, going to run a half marathon, bless her, I'm glad it's not me, um, so that's really, really exciting, it's one of the, our first uh, fundraisers that we're doing, we don't actually often throw events, so it's something that we're actually starting to be more proactive about, so if you want to sponsor Inika, then that's also on the website, or if um, you're not online, then just come and speak to me afterwards, and I'll find a way for you to sponsor her. Um, Easter road shows. Um, 
This is also something that it would be great if you could pray for us for. Um, God always comes through. We always feel a little bit, you know, ah, what's our script going to be? Are the schools going to book in? Are we going to have the volunteers we need in order to present another show and um, move around the borough um, doing our roadshow assembly? Um, but he's faithful. We always get inspiration in the end and the volunteers come. But I know that it's part of the power of prayer that means that it comes together. Um, so prayer, as I've said, um, we really, really value your prayers. Uh, volunteering, if anyone would like to um, come and volunteer with us, then just have a chat with me at the end. Um, also, if you'd like a, a newsletter, just to hear some of these stories that I'm telling you, but in, a, in an email. Um, we, I think we do still send out some newsletters as well. So if anyone would like to get one by post, then that's also an option. Um, giving, thank you so much for being so generous. Um, if any individuals would like to give, then I've got some forms at the back. Um, and another way to help would be to become a trustee. We're always on the lookout for um, people with a heart that matches ours to come and be part of the team and bring their strengths. So um, I think that's a wrap. That's pretty much regeneration in a nutshell. But um, I also just wanted to share a little bit with you, um, just partly from a testimony um, from what's going on just down the road from you. So just down the road at Belmont School, um, we've just had a lot of open doors, I would say, to go in there and to build relationship with the team there. Um, yeah, so uh, how long ago was it? Maybe about a year and a half to two years ago now. Um, I was just praying. I was saying, you know, God, got my map out, looking at all of Harrow. Oh, it's huge. There's so much. There's so many children. Um, where, where do you want us to start? Like, where's on your heart? And I felt him say um, the Wildston area and Belmont. And, um, and so I thought, right, we really need to push going into Belmont. Um, of course, there's only so much that you can actually do. You can offer and you can visit, but it takes God to actually open the doors. Um, and just in, so we ended up meeting with the head teacher. We had a, an amazing chat with her and just finding out her love for this community. Um, as I sat with her in the office, she doesn't just care about, um, you know, the children in her school. She's thinking about their future. She's thinking about their siblings, their families, the wider issues. You know, the young people on the street corner at the end of the road that are being influenced by other older children um, to do things that are not so good and not wholesome. And, um, and we sat there just feeling like we come from different places. We, you know, I come from a place of faith. I don't know what, what her background is, but there's a love there. And we were able to partner on this common ground of love. And, uh, and after that, we were able to go in. We now go in twice a week, actually. And we help some children that can't speak English very well. We run a club to aid their English because that's a way of serving the school. But um, we've also gone in several times now to run a prayer space. And it just feels like God is on the move. You know, he's faithful 
to see through these things that he's promised and that he's put on our hearts. And now we're seeing just an amazing relationship with that school. The RE coordinator represents us to all of the borough, gets everyone on side. Um, and we even had an invasion of all the RE coordinators in the area into one of our prayer spaces recently because this one RE coordinator at Belmont had um, sung our praises and got everyone in. So that means we've now got emails in our inbox saying, can we have a prayer space? Can we have a prayer space in other schools? So I just wanted to encourage you that God is on the move, and particularly on your patch. He's on the move everywhere. But I really, um, you know, I feel like it's no um, coincidence that I've come to speak to you today um, because I really feel like there's something about this area. There's a story that God is writing, and I know that you are an integral part of that. And your prayers, the prayers that you've prayed as if you walked down the streets or as you've met here on a Sunday, they're looking like something. And they're perhaps looking like more than uh, you would even have expected. Or maybe just a bit different to what you would have expected. Um, I'm not sure how I'm doing on time exactly because I forgot to start my timer. Um, But um, yes, just to these verses. So um, Jodie asked me, you know, what verses would you like us to read? And um, uh, regeneration is obviously very missional. Um, the the great commission to go and make disciples of all nations. And I just felt like it was so relevant to share from that because because that's so much what we're about. But I know that it's something um, that's really on your heart as well, you know, just spending a bit of time with Jodie. But specifically, this call to disciple the nations. So in Harrow, as you know... Um, living where you live, being where you are. What a melting pot of different nations. Um, And we're at this kind of, this very special place in time, and I think geographically, where the nations are coming to us. And uh, maybe you can't get on a plane, you can't buy a, a plane ticket and go and travel to all the nations, but the nations are on our doorstep. And actually, it's this hope that we have inside us that's going to be the thing that draws them in to them being able to disciple them. And I just kind of wanted to share with you, as, as I've worked at Regen, um, obviously, your job and the rest of your life can never be fully separate, <laughs> and especially in ministry. So when I go into work, so often I just find that God is teaching me through these things and through the clubs that I'm running. Um, And one of the things that I've found over the time that I've been in Regen is is just his gentleness. And that's something that's actually in both of the scriptures that were read today. Um, It's this closeness with Jesus from the Great Commission, His, his sweet, tender gentleness and closeness to us. And then in the verse from First Peter, um, it's this thing of, of the hope, but also the gentleness and respect, and, uh, and how that's his way of ministering. And it can feel like such a huge commission, you know, make disciples of all nations. You can't get bigger than that. You kind of can't get more intimidating than that. But actually, he gives us a key. And he says, just, just be ready. 
just be ready that when someone asks you that you've got hope living inside of you, that you keep this hope burning, you keep it thriving, and just be ready because people will ask you. And suddenly this huge commission of making disciples of the nations and kind of this sense we get of converting the world, actually, it's simple and it's doable. All we need to do is behold him and keep our hope alive and then be ready. And for me, the journey over the last kind of couple of years of being at Regen has been actually a really hard one. Um, It's been one that I've walked through just literally doing one day at a time, often one hour at a time. Um, My own personal kind of story is that um, I kind of started at Regen thinking that I would be transitioning to Harrow, that I would end up living here, Um, but I was living with my mum um, and she was fighting, she started to have to fight cancer at the beginning of my time. Um, with Regen and then after a while I had to take a bit of time off to go and care for her Um, and then she ended up going home to be with Jesus um, about I think 17 months ago Um, and Regeneration have been amazing the leadership team have, have just kind of released me at times but I've had to kind of just do one day at a time and there's been times when I've thought do you know what I can't do this. <laughs> I can't, how, can I, how can I come with energy? How can I come with enthusiasm and present and give and be something? But actually, God wasn't asking that of me. He was just asking me to keep the hope alive and to be ready. And so I've seen an incredible amount of fruit doing a job that I would have thought before doing it. I would need to have to pump myself up. I would need to have to be something that I'm not. But actually, I've walked through one of the most broken times of my life. And yet, God has sustained that. And in the midst of that, he's discipled the nations through me. And that just blows my mind. And so really what I wanted to um, bring today was not only just telling you about Regen, but also just an encouragement that this great commission, it is great, it is huge, but actually it's simple. And, uh, and I was just really drawn as I, read, um, uh, as I read just the end of Matthew 28, verse 19, where it says, Behold, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. I just kind of paused on that and thought, yes, God. All I need to do is behold and know that you're with me. And everything else will flow from that. Um, So I'd just like to invite you. I'm just going to read a description of our beautiful saviour, Jesus, from Revelation. Where it talks about his eyes of burning fire um, and his hair like wool. And I'd just like to invite you to just behold him with me just for a quiet moment um, and just let that be your fuel that you go out into the rest of today with and into the rest of the week with okay so if you want to just close your eyes or
become comfortable in whatever way is best for you. In the midst of the lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a long robe, with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burning bronze, burnished bronze, refined in a furnace. And his voice was like the roar of many waters. Thank you, Jesus, for your closeness. Thank you for that promise that you are always with us to the very end of the age. And thank you that it's your closeness that means that we can go and share the hope that we have inside of us. Thank you that you are always there. You are always ready to be with us with those eyes of burning fire. And I pray that you would help each one of us to take time this week to just pause and to behold you. Just to look into your eyes and know that you're with us. And then I pray that you would help us to take every opportunity to share that hope with those around us. Thank you that you are faithful when we lean on you to sustain us and fill us with love and with hope. And we thank you for your presence here now.